welcome to My Best Eleven Podcast. Today we are joined by a striker who born and bred in Slough, West London, those people who are from outside of kind of UK. Played for Slough Town, Brentford a couple of times, Sheffield Wednesday, um, Yeovil, Reading, numerous spells in the country he's now living in, including Adelaide United down at Highmarsh, and is also played for the Mighty Luton, and is currently living in Sydney. And he has a number of caps for Ghana as well up front. So today we are joined by Lloyd Owusu. How are you, Lloyd? I am very, very good. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Thank you. Also, how does it, does it, I've always wondered, does it sound like I'm doing obituary when I do that? A what, sorry? An obituary, like I'm at your funeral <laughs> or something when I'm doing those. <laughs> nah, it's all good. You can get used to it, mate. Awesome. Marv, um, did you ever get a chance to play against Lloyd? I know he's kind of back in your career. That. Literally, sure you're did. just reading that. I'm yeah, we, thinking that when he's at Brentford. You remember? Yeah, Brent, I don't know if you remember, Marv. We, we played you, and uh, I got. I don't know if you remember. I fell over the. I fell over the backboard. You tried to come. I span you. I got behind you, and I got <laughs> the back line. Yeah, and I think it was a. I think it was probably tails coming out of goal. I've gone round him, and I put in a goal, and I flipped over, on, and I flipped over the the, the railings at Kenilworth. Right. And you, yeah, you, 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 you were chasing me like that. So you like chasing well, well, me. Was, well, I, I was, I was probably like towards the end of my career, and like, and knowing Lloyd, he was very, uh, very quick, very aggressive, yeah. very yeah. direct, and obviously, you know, listen, had a great touch as well. But what I was saying, it was pace probably, which would Pure be pace. the better of, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Day. Good day. So we're here to talk about Lloyd, about his career, um, and go through the best 11 players he's ever set foot on a pitch with. We're going to jump straight in. And yep. Lloyd, what formation uh, have you decided to go with for your best 11? You know what? Obviously, come, going back, obviously, late 90s and 2000s, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably have to go with my typical 4-4-2, you know, back in the days how we were. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with a 4-4-2. Is that where you felt that you got... Or managers got the best out of you? Yeah, without a doubt, Andrew. For me, someone with pace, I can get in and behind with channels. And obviously, but then when you had great wingers, I feed I feed off food in a box, I call it. You know, when I've got left and right wingers putting balls in a box, for me, attacking, that was just food. Yeah, food for thought for me. So brilliant. Yeah. So in today's game, obviously, there's a, they like playing this kind of 4-2-3-1. Would you suit being the target or would you prefer to be one of them out on the side? You know, on the kind of wing? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a natural number nine. I'm a natural number nine, so I'd have to be even obviously since I come to this country, Australia, so much four three three, uh, where the onus is obviously on build up play. And again, when I first come here as well, it sort of struggled in a way because it was so isolated. It was more like a four, you know what I mean? It was more like a four five one, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm 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 more used to that four four two balls in the channels, crosses in, etc. Yeah, and that's what you grew up with. That's what you love. Yeah. So we are going to jump in, and as Lloyd goes through, he's going to give myself and Marv some clues and see if whether or not you're in the car or walking, the dog, whatever it may be. See if you can guess as you go along. Bear in mind, you've heard me rattle off a number of clubs that Lloyd has um, played for, or it could even be his national team he's represented as well. So over to you, Lloyd. Okay, so firstly, uh, number one, obviously the goalie. Uh, probably make it a bit easy for you guys. An Australian, Australian goalkeeper, uh, played with me, at my club in Adelaide, but uh, he was a top, top keeper with regards to everything. I just thought he had everything in the locker. I'm talking from goalkeeping, from stopping, from shoot, from goal kicks, from, from mine in the box. Uh, he was a international as well for Australia. Uh, and he he actually came from Melbourne, if I'm not mistaken. He came from Melbourne. And, oh, uh, Andrew, you should be all over this. No, I knew, I've seen his face and he's currently a goalkeeper coach at... 
Is it Adelaide as well? Is he goalkeeper coach at Adelaide? Uh, I forgot. It begins with a U. His first name, doesn't it? Or it's, it's always or it's spelt with a U, but it's spelt with a E. But with U is like it's, it's the way it's rolled in. Yeah, gone. I cannot remember his name. It's gone. I, I, I haven't I, got it. I am I allowed to say, allowed to say it then? Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, say it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Eugene Galekovic. I can't even say that. Eugene Galekovic. Eugene Galekovic. You knew, I knew who you meant. I just couldn't yeah. think of his name. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, yeah, he played for Australia a little bit, but he was definitely in that kind of Schwartz uh, era. So yeah. he never really got a, a sniff, did he? Never really got a look in. Exactly. But he was, he was a top goalkeeper. When I first got to Adelaide back in 2009, I just was like, oh, this guy is unbelievable. Just his sh- his, his shot stopping, kicking, just just that he had he just had for me he was an all round goalkeeper, all round goalie. He was he was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, who you you played with obviously a number of other goalies. Did you love winding them up? Do you love just baiting them as a striker? Yeah, you do because obviously he was even as either opposition or even my own teammate goalkeepers. Because as as you probably know and attest to, goalkeepers are a different breed. They're they're just their own kind of they're in their own world, you know. So. Uh, Come up, I've had a lot of goalkeepers out from Andy Woodman, who was a character, crazy. Uh, Ollie Goodskolson when I was at Brentford as well. Another nutter, Stuart Nelson at, when I was at Brentford. Just There's been a few few over the years. Kevin Pressman when I was at Preston, uh, sorry, at, at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, another great goalkeeper, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're just a dime a dozen them kind of guys. You ever fancied it yourself? You know what? I've actually I've actually been in goal for a couple of games, funny enough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I went in goal, I went, it was, I went in goal when I was non-league at Slough Town. We played in, uh, we played, I think it was Welling. Paul Wilkinson, the goalkeeper, we, he got sent off in the conference game and I ended up going in goal. The first thing I had to do was pick the ball out of the net from a free kick. <laughs> uh, but we actually, we actually went on to win the game. And then uh, even, even here in that local NPL when I was playing about five years ago, uh, our goalkeeper got sent off and then I had to go in goal. Again, it was a resulting penalty. <laughs> I had to try and say, I put a hand to it, to be fair. Did all right. Because I actually, I actually was a goalkeeper when I was a kid. I was actually a goalkeeper when I was like young, young. I used to love playing goal. Really? Yeah, when I was a kid, like when I was 10, 11, I played in goal and, and, and defender. And obviously, wow. but then love of centre forward a bit later on. But yeah, so I, I, I sort of had the sort of the nous to a certain degree. Help you? Later, did it help you in kind of as you were growing as a striker to know what the keeper's going to do? I mean, yeah, it, I, I mean yeah. we, we're recording this today and obviously we're releasing it in a few weeks' time. But I noticed, for example, Jordan Pickford from the penalty save he made against um, Madison. He had in his back of his bottle, he had Madison, 56% likely to go in the middle. So mm. he obviously, as a keeper, it helps him. A penalties maybe a bit different, but it helps him as a as a striker. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess in the way it goes because, like, obviously, obviously, I'm sorry, I'm only young though, but you sort of know as a as a striker or as a goalie where do you think they're going to go. But then as a striker, I'm thinking being the, when I was a goalie as a kid, the goalie's going to tr- the striker's going to try and go here or X Y there. So I just go try and go the opposite side when I became a striker. So yeah, it, it was quite it sort of helped me to a certain degree. So, oh, interesting. That's really interesting. Roger, yeah. you stuck you stuck yourself between the pegs. Yeah. Oh, good, good job, good job. So, um, while we're talking about Australia, um, I just want to kind of ask you a few questions about when you first came over to Australia and playing, obviously at Adelaide, and yeah. doing a bit of research. It, it, I came across a time when you first came over here. You got absolutely smashed with two really full-on sicknesses. Um, both pneumonia and swine flu. Yeah, so it was that the, uh, epidemic when the swine flu came out back in 2009. I was one of the first footballers to get it. So I know I knew about quarantine and I knew about quarantine back then, man. So yeah, that wasn't good for me. So I remember coming over in July of 2009. You with family or just yourself? Yeah, you know, I, just came, I just came over my own at the first. And I remember, yeah. I, must admit, I remember I was on the plane coming from, obviously from London. And we stopped off, I think I stopped off in Japan or Tokyo or somewhere 
uh, or Singapore. But I remember on that second flight, I remember this woman, she was just coughing, coughing up the place, coughing up. And I personally think I got it from there. So anyway, when I got to Adelaide, it was okay the first week, but then uh, I started feeling a bit sick. And you know, like when you get the flu, you sort of, after two or three days, you know you're getting, you get a bit better. You sort, you just start getting better. But I just weren't getting better. I was just sweating and just coughing and just felt a bit achy. So weeks passed and I'm still not getting better. So I went to go and see the club doc. I said, doc, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not getting, I've got, a, I've got a cold, but I think it's a bit more. I go, I even said, I think I've got swine flu. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, you'll be okay. So that's one week had gone. And then he goes, you know what? Let's, let's just have a little test of your chest. So they done chest x-ray, he's come back and goes, oh no, what it is, Lord, you've got, you've got pneumonia. Gee, so I said, look, we just got to make sure, put your antibiotics and just rest up. But then I'm still not getting better from the cold. I still, I still felt fluy and coffee and head, head, headaches and everything. So I said, doc, look, serious, I'm not getting, I need to, need to do the test now. And obviously another week, so that's two weeks gone now. And then he finally had that test. And this was the time when the back in them days, the, the sticks that they used to stick up your nose were like long, they were long. So put, got that done, it come back, swine flu. So then I had to go into quarantine. So I went into quarantine for about yeah, about five days it was, five, six days. And I always remember I just sitting in my beach house and uh, yeah, the club used to just drop my food outside my door and then, yeah, then finally I started to get a bit better, but I was just on the back burner, Andrew. I was just never, I was never fit. It just took every last bit out of me. I just, yeah, I really struggled. You'd never kicked a ball in anger as such for, yeah. for Adelaide and... Exactly, exactly. So like I said, I started on the back burner. So when I did, when I did rejoin, uh, obviously coming back into training pre-season, it was very slow, slow, progression and then uh, obviously the season was upon us and obviously I was the, the, the marquee sign at the time so the club was sort of sort of rushed me back to a certain degree uh, I mean I was fit enough to play but I wasn't fit enough to really play if you see what I mean so it was more of a, an adrenaline rush so I'm, I made my debut uh, against Gold Coast United uh, which I scored on my I scored on my debut I came off the bench and scored but again it just I just wasn't 100% and I just that sort of really killed my whole Adelaide experience but overall I mean I had a great time there but overall footballing wise I wish I should I wish it had been a bit different I should have no disrespect to the A-League at that time after coming after leaving England on a high with Brighton I should have just I should have destroyed the A-League to be fair but unfortunately I just was on the back burner and I just yeah just couldn't catch up with the fitness so obviously throughout and I mean you've had COVID you've seen COVID and, and things like that going on and players getting COVID and stuff do you think that you've been through it with swine flu um then you could see all the reports coming out about players getting it and it taking ages to recover. And so you might have had a bit more kind of empathy as opposed to others who maybe hadn't got it yet. Yeah, like I've said, it's no, no secret. I went, I went through it. So probably in, in the total, I was probably, probably a good month off. I was laid off a good, a good month. If anything, I would say, yeah. And then by the time I come back trying to build up, build up, but like, you know, it's hard. Once you lose that fitness as a footballer, you can never, it's hard to play catch up because everyone else has really got their base. So it's hard to, it's hard to, to play hard to catch up because obviously you need games you need more training but you can just never catch up no matter what you do you can't catch up because they've already had it in there they've already got it in the tank you know yeah well thanks thanks that's really awesome to hear that um first of all you're getting better but obviously in terms of it's quite interesting to hear that your, your time here was a little bit kind of tainted um yeah. as such but great you're back over in this side of the world now um sure. yeah. and we're loving life over here yeah, loving life. Loving life. we're gonna move on to goalie sorry move on to defender i was looking at goalie move on to the def- i was throwing myself move on to defender so you're going four four two do you want to go yeah. right or left i'll go left first uh so left back a player who took me under his wing uh started off as a youth team player at uh tottenham uh it was a year above me it was a year above me but like I said, took me under my wing. Uh, what else? What else would I say about him? I think, yeah, I, think I, think even, I, I think he's even at Southend prior to coming to to the Bees. Uh, and uh, yeah, 
left footed, just a just a little terrier, just a little stocky terrier. We were just like, yeah, work hard and just yeah, defend very well. One on one defending was unbelievable. Wasn't the best, wasn't the best delivery of the ball, but one on one defending very rare that you got past him. But he just shows. Andrew's, Andrew's nodding his head. Have you got it, Andrew? Don't oh, say nothing. I'm bluffing. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have a guess. I was gonna say, um, Ija Anderson. Yeah, spot on. Yep, yep, yep. I thought he going through Spurs. I, thought, I don't know why I had him ahead. I thought he'd gone through Arsenal. I said somebody else. Spurs, Spurs. Yeah. He's a character, wasn't he? Oh, character. He's a character. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, not being in the football game. What does that? Did he have a, a bit of a a bit of a, well, a, a I mean, rep of, of being I, a good I, lad? I mean, I knew, I knew of him, and obviously, like playing against him. But like Lloyd would, would probably give him a, a little bit more explanation. He he seemed to be one of those ones who just like not crazy, but was could get angry, like and upset quite a lot. Yeah, for sure. And, he, and that was IJ. He was he was he was like hit and miss with him. He was one of them players that was just literally hit and miss. Like one week he would be all nice to you. Next week he could just switch on you. But and but he would. But as a teammate on the pitch, he would have your back. You know, definitely have your back. Yeah. And who's obviously with you in that first Brentford stint as well? Um, yeah, I, what I was that? Non, yeah, I come from non-league, and obviously he had, he'd been at Brentford for a while. We see a young, a young, a fellow young black boy coming through the doors, and uh, yeah, he was he was good. He really, yeah, really took me under his wing, and 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 obviously I'd never been in that professional environment before. I've come from non-league, so he's been there, and he really, he really helped me out and and make me uh, made me feel really welcome. There was it no interest from like professional clubs? You growing up then, Lloydie? Was there no? Like, did you go on trial or Yeah, so with when I was 15, my obviously I was at Crystal Palace for a year. So I was centre of excellence, but then I wasn't good enough to get this, to get my scholar. So I ended up going back to non-league, went to Slough Town. Uh, so I played for Slough Town for about four years in total with regards from youth team to until my first team sort of debut. So I was at Slough Town from, I think, 90, 90 yeah, 95 till, until I turned pro 98. Uh, and then from night when I did, just prior to Brentford, there was there was quite a few interests. I actually went to Walsall on trial because uh, Slough Town. Had, what happened with Slough Town? We we did really well in the, in the conference, but at at, the, at one point the chairman uh, he didn't want to change the criteria of, of the stadium because he felt like our stadium was okay if we had to stay in the conference. But the conference said that they didn't deem that Slough Town stadium was good enough. And the head chairman said, "I'm not going to spend money because I know my my league my my stadium's okay." So the, the actual league demoted Slough Town, which was unfortunate. They demoted him like a couple of divisions down. So it was considering that that year, that final year, we ended up eighth in the conference, semi-final of the FA Trophy. We had a really, really, really good team with a lot of youth and some experienced players. So we'd got demoted. So obviously myself, Brian McDermott was the manager and myself, Danny Bolt, Derek Simpson, a few youngsters, we already had signed two-year deals. So we, we had signed two-year deals to be in the conference. So when they demoted us, it was like, hold on, why should we go and play in some the lower league when we've, we've won, we want to try and progress as youngsters and get into right. the conference or league, in, the, in the league. So Brian McDermott, fair play to him. He, he organised a few trials, sold one, boy, sold one boy direct to Bristol City at the time, Matty Stoll, and then myself. I went on trial to Walsall. Uh, it was actually right, weird because obviously I went to Walsall, but I'm playing from non-league football and I've gone to Walsall where they were they were at the time before the current league one. I was like, wow, this is a massive step up for me. I was just like, wow. So there was a time when Michael Ricketts was there and Clive Platt, Jimmy Walker, the goalkeeper. So these guys I've seen, I've been watching on TV before and I'm just going into this environment I'm like so nervous went up there so it was a month trial um, I remember my first session oh, I was a bit baggy man it was, <laughs> but so I'm feeling just pure nerves but I started to settle in but then two weeks in getting in there two weeks in I got a phone I'm, 
I'm on my way into the training ground. I get a phone call from Brian McDermott. He says, uh, where are you, Lloyd? I said, I'm just on my way to training. He goes, oh, I've just sold you to Brentford. I went, serious, Gaffer? He said, yeah. He goes, uh, go in and say to Ray Graydon, thank you for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. So I saw Ray. I said, Ray, thank I guess you've heard from Ryan, Brian. He goes, yeah. He goes, look, we want to see you for another couple of weeks. However, if you've got an opportunity to turn pro and it's local to where you are already, he goes, take it. So yeah, I flew back, drove straight back down the M6, met up with Brian at, at uh, Heathrow Airport. And then uh, Ron Nodes and Brentford were leaving to uh, La Manga for pre-season training. So I had to go and meet them to go and sign a deal. Uh, and the deal never actually really happened, to be fair. So I had this agent called Lan Rioki. And uh, he he obviously, I phoned him on my way, say, look, Brentford, he goes, I've heard I'm going to meet you at the airport. Just look up the deal, blah, blah, blah. Got to the airport. Ron Nodes had the contract for me. He goes, three-year deal. Mind you, I was a youngster at Slough Town on £50 a week. Graphic. Sorry, Lloyd, Lloyd, what age are you now? How old are you? I was 20. 20. Yeah, 20, okay. 20. 20 or 21. Yeah, 2021. 20, so he's come to the airport, met us. And then, mind you, I'm, I'm working, I'm, I'm playing for Slough Town, doing a bit of college, doing some coaching in the community. So I'm only earning peanuts. One of those offers me the contract and I'm looking, I'm thinking, wow, this is unbelievable. At the time, it was like £350 a week, £1,000 a goal, 2500 signed on for a year. It's like, this is for me, it's like a dream come true. And then Lamry, Lamry comes, he looks at the contract, he goes, oh, hell no. He goes, this offer is the rise. My client's not signing. I'm like, well, I said, Lammy, I said, Lammy, I don't care if it's 50 pound a week. It's a professional opportunity. He goes, no, you're not signing it. And at the time, I called Danny Bailey, Marv, you probably remember Danny Bailey. He was, yeah, my, yeah he was my mentor because he was at Stoutown, senior pro. So I called Danny up. I said, Dan, listen, this deal's on the table and Lammy's going to jeopardize it because he doesn't think it's enough money, blah, blah, blah. You just tell him I want to sign it. So Lammy spoke to Danny. And Danny just said, look, Lam, let the kids sign. It's an opportunity. So I signed a deal. And next time, I just got rid of him as an agent. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history, as they say. Wow. And Brentford not even seen you. Man, that's so, weird. So, so what happened, that's obviously the season. Because what happened, when, when I made my debut for Slough Town, I actually scored four goals on my debut as an 18-year-old. Wow. A, a couple of seasons prior, uh, I made my debut. And then that's when a lot of clubs started hear, hear about this young 18, 19-year-old boy just scored four goals in the conference. And back in them days, Marv, and Andrew, it was like, the conference was a good level. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing there. Jason Roberts was playing there. Barry Hales, Lee Hughes, Kevin Betsy. There were some good players who were coming through the conference. So, yeah, I scored four goals in my debut. And then a lot of clubs were coming to watch me uh, the, 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 that season and the following season. And then, yeah, then Brentford obviously did their homework. John, right. Griff, John Griff may rest in peace. He was at a few games, I believe. And then, yeah, Ray Lewin just said, yeah, we watched you for many a month. And then, yeah, we decided to come and get you. Excellent. Awesome. You mentioned right at the start, like, you were talking about um, Ajay, the way he put his arm around you as a coming in as a, as a, like you said, you just described obviously how you got there. What do you mean by that? In terms of he put his arm around you, what, what does that, what does that entail? Yeah, obviously going from amateur to pro or whatever. Exactly. So look, luckily prior to that, I had Danny Bailey in my corner from day dot and Danny was a pro for many a year and he was a senior pro for years. So he sort of, he sort of guided me in my non-league career journey to explain to me this is what, how it happens in the football professional world, what you, how you train every day, blah, blah, blah. Obviously then when I actually got into there and Idrin sort of saw me just like, you know what I mean? He goes, yeah, hey Lloyd, how you doing? Look, I'm Idrin Anderson, he, like when he introduced himself. And we just got a bond and he just like, he literally just, like I said, took me under his wing in regards of just sort of let me know the pros and cons of what you've got to do and what you have to make sure you're doing the right things and not don't be stupid, just professional, just work hard, just train hard and just enjoy yourself. So he's just like, a, he was just like a big brother, just mentoring me at the time. So that's what I mean by like, he put his arm around me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're just, all right, we'll move on to right back. Let's go. Let's keep going. Okay, right back for this. I've got three written down, but you can you can give honourable mentions. So so I mean, okay, there's, there's three, three I've got, and obviously I'll, I'll let you guess the 
the one I think I'm right. going to go with the one in my head. I'm going to go with yeah. Do you know what? Right, yeah. I'm going to go. Okay, so there's two two that they probably squeeze it. I thought uh, uh, Dob- Michael Dobson and, and Danny Boxwood. They were both at Brentford. They were very very good players. I thought they were good, but the one who I played with, uh, I played with Matt Redding. Uh, he was a solid solid player, a real leader. He was a real leader. Uh, and he, he was our captain. Uh, to be fair, I, can't, I don't know where he... I think he came from the lower leagues as well. I think he came from York prior. Scottish international. Uh, Scottish international. Uh, ended up going into the coaching world. Did really well. He went coaching at Rangers in the academy height at the... The director of academy at Rangers in, in Glasgow, and then I think he or did he go Norwich first coaching, and then Rangers or either way round. Uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but uh, he was. A, he surely a, can't do us two on the screen. Ready? Sorry, he said yeah, Reading. Reading, yeah. Reading, yeah. Uh, leader, obviously, he was a Scottish international. Started right. off, started off at York, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, nationalities. What's where did Bromby play? Was he where? Lee Bromby. No, that, that was yeah, at Sheffield. Lee was, that was Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Sheffield. So this guy, yeah, yeah. So he was a captain. He was our leader. The only fullback I I thought you'd pick, and I'll be honest, from Reading would be Nicky Shorey. I thought he was the only that's one you missed, might go the for. Left side. That's a yeah, I know. That's what I mean. That's yeah. so you threw it with with Anderson. When, when you when you get the name, then you'll be you'll be like, oh, he, oh. He, I he, know, he, I know. I, I can't believe I lifted, can't get it. That's lifted crazy. The, he lifted the trophy when they he lifted the trophy when they went to the Prem. That's so pretty so pretty not recent enough, but yeah. When when you when you get the name, you're like, oh wow, you're gonna go, yeah, yeah, well, I'm a cool. I'll probably under this oh my god. He, he hasn't got a Scottish accent. So oh. got a Scottish accent, but he played for Scotland. Um, um, no, yeah. you've done this again. I can't believe that's twice. Yeah, Go on in, Lloyd. Graham Murty. Never have guessed it. I wouldn't have guessed yeah. it, to be honest. No, no. Graham yeah. Murty. Wow. Graham Murty. Yeah. Wow. As, a, as, a, as the right back at, um, at Reading. But he went all the way through. I He's one of these players that, I'll be honest with you, hasn't stuck in my brain. Yeah, because yeah. just, again, very un- undercover, underrated player. Yeah. Yeah, work ethic, up and down, great leader. Just, yeah, another one. Wasn't the quickest, but... One-on-one defending, yeah, it was very hard to get past. Do you want that? Do you want a quick... You mentioned, obviously, both with Murty now and, and Anderson. They weren't the best at crossing, but you said you love a good cross. You love the 4-4-2. Yeah, 4-4-2, because mostly it was, it was always the wingers back in my time. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. They all loved a bit of George Graham not going beyond the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that. Awesome. So, we'll go centre-backs then. Let's centre-backs. Hopefully, so, fingers so crossed, Martin. I, so, by the way, guys, so just to clarify... Am I going that, that I've played with or that even played against as well? No, played, played with. with. That's played, with. Yeah, played with. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so I've got to go two more Brentford boys, to be fair. I'll go with the first one. First one come from non-league, the same time that I came. Uh, his nickname was The Claw. Uh, he was just an absolute animal. Uh, went on went on to some really big things with uh, Southampton and Crystal Palace after he left me at Brentford. Oh, non-league as well. Non- came from non-league, same time as me. Came from non-league, but- from Hampton and Richmond. Yeah. Oh, ah. yeah, from Hampton and Richmond, same time, non-league time as me. Big, solid, six foot four at the time, centre half. Personality? So, uh, or English, but of English Jamaican. Uh, oh, um, rapid for centre half is that big? I don't, know, I, I, I don't know if he come from non-league though. Um, but not the oh best of all, but is Darren Powell correct? <laughs> Darren. Yeah, I didn't um, know he come from non-league as well, did he? Yeah. Wow. 
Yep, come from okay. yep. Awesome. So Darren Powers, you meant, and I see where I've got to get also my head around is you say first time and second time at Brentford. Obviously, you've been there, you've been yes. there twice. It, what was the what was the pull to go back there second time? Obviously, um, well, there would have been always, a few clubs sniff around you. Yeah, but there why? was. Yeah, there was Andrew. They people used to say to me, "You never, you never go back. You never go back." But it's funny because I was actually playing at Reading at the time, and uh, when I look back at Reading to a certain hindsight, it's like. I, some, I sort of not regret it, but I should have I could have stayed there because the following the season that I still had another year on my contract was the year they got promoted to the Premiership. I say they got some big players yeah. coming through, and they just they've gone to Majeski yeah. and yeah. But for me, Coppel said to me, he "Goes Lloyd, I can't guarantee you the following season playing regularly all the time." But for me, it wasn't about the money. I always need to play because I feel like if you play more, create your own sort of sort of future going forward. You know, if you play, if you're not sitting in the bench, just pick up money. It's just not in my it's just not in my work ethic. It's not me. I need to be playing regular. So. I remember I got in, I was playing a reserve game for the Reading. I got back into my car and there was a note, there was a note on my car and it said, your club needs you. I'm looking, I'm looking around, who's put this on my car thinking, what's going on here? So they cut a long story short, that's gone down the line. A couple of months later, Coppers obviously said to me, uh, look, you're not going to be playing regular. Uh, go and look for another club, even though you've got another. Look, spoke to quite a few clubs at the time. But then uh, Brentford came back in and Martin Allen was going, he was doing a project at the time. He was, had a good project. They were doing always in the playoffs, always, doing well so he said look we want you to come back i know this we're not getting you back because of your your previous sort of expectation with your previous experience there with obviously everyone loves you there blah 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 it's not about that it's about you coming because i know what you can do you're a leader you can score goals blah 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 so anyway met him at the airport again with with uh, my agent at the time les and uh, john griff and uh sitting down and he goes uh he just went your club needs you and I was like, oh my God. I said, that was you who put that note on it. Because Mike, as you probably both know, Mike Allen was just typical crazy mad dog. He goes, yeah, that was me. So I just cracked it because he was at the reserve game watching. So because then obviously he really knew it was my car because I had a number plate with Lloyd O on it. So he knew it was my car. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that. So it uh, ended up obviously signing there the second time. But the first time with uh, Darren Powell and them boys, Darren come from non-league. Yeah, he was a, just a solid, solid. Yeah. But did you like playing against the big, who do you find it easier as a player? Obviously being a bit nippy. Did you? Did you like playing against the bigger guys, or who, who did you find it easier to play against? Where they can't turn us, they got a turning circle of a bloody truck. Yeah, like a truck. Look, but back in my day, I think every single, even back in look, you had the big units, but they were just they were still quite quick. But I just see, I didn't really. I mean, I like to, to have that physical battle as well. But sometimes you get some big units back in my days, especially in the league two at the time. You get some big, big defenders, you know, and solid hold ones who just want to hurt you but yeah but because i knew i'd pace i knew i'd always get away from him regardless anyway and how many times have you been kicked six foot in the air oh loads 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 yeah loads was that was that was that would that have been your standard team talk do you reckon marv when you played lloyd um could have been lenny about that time lenny or graham or, no, Terry I, mean, Wesley, listen, or? I think i think in um with lloyd's makeup and how how he was as a player he, it was more of a even though he, if i mean i wasn't slow but still mm. it would be mindful i mean i mean i'm not saying i was one of the best best defenders but i'm not i'm not stupid i would probably give myself space because obviously that's that's where he wants to go he getting in behind so mm. he'd probably have like i mean a lot of more joy when holding up playing and i don't mind as a as a defender, if he has the ball in front of me, do you know what I mean? Because at some point he, he wants to get to between those two little white sticks or be facing that way to try and score a goal. So, I mean, you you'd be mindful of of someone of his pace. And so, whereas if someone was not as quick and had great ability, I'd get tight. I mean, I'd get tight because even if they turned and spun me, I knew I'd probably catch up with them. So he'd have a lot of joy in front, but obviously, you know, with his pace, he'd always get the odd chance of getting in behind as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, 
We'll move on to the last centre-back. Yep. Uh, centre-half made massive headlines when we when I signed for Brentford because obviously we were obviously League One. Oh, sorry, you're the, the, no, sorry, we were the equivalent of League Two, Division Three, and uh, we signed him, luckily, from the Premiership to come. So he dropped down from the Premiership to come uh, to, to League, to, yeah, the Division Three, which was just a massive, it was just, you'd think, how, why would a player come? But obviously the was money... It, was he an in- international? He was an international, Scandinavian international. Uh, he came down from uh, Crystal Palace to us. Obviously, then he, even then, I remember, I mean, it's no secret, he was earning £4,000 a week in league in the, the old Division 3. Uh, he was a solid blockhead defender. No nuisance. Don't even mess with him. You got it, Andrew? Herman. Um, Herman Ryerson. Herman Ryerson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He even got the name. Oh, mate, Herman, he, Herman was just an absolute lunatic, nutter, crazy, but what a player. What an absolute... It, 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 it was just an all-round, had everything. He had pace, great left foot, great header of the ball, great leader, just a horrible defender. Just You, would just, you, just, you wouldn't even want to... I'd want to I'd, in training, I would want to be on his side. I wouldn't want to play against him in training. Both right. of them. I'd always try and be on their side in training. Hated them, both of them. But fair, fair play to him. He obviously backed himself to drop down, you know, and then knew he would come back again. Because yeah, he, he, ended up, yeah. he ended up going to Wimbledon for they, they bought him for 2.5 mil, I'm saying. Uh, and yeah. did he play for Portsmouth as well? Portsmouth, Portsmouth. yeah. Portsmouth. Yeah, solid, solid, solid. Um, yeah, a great player. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. So you spoke about Brentford times and that time. Would you kind of, um, obviously picking seasons out is is quite difficult to do. Mm. But um, where, would you say the 05-06 season was your most successful as a player? No, I would have to say my first season. Yeah. My first season reason being a boy from non-league who really came to Brentford as, in my own mind, was just to come to play reserves. I thought in my head, I'm coming to play reserves, learn my graft, uh, learn my trade and just a couple of games in the reserves and then come onto the bench potentially from time to time. But no, it was literally word of over stuff. I ended up being the only player to play all 56 games or played all 46 league games and all the, the 10 other cup games. I ended up being leading goal scorer of League Two uh, with Jamie Forrester. Uh, I scored a winning goal to win the championship on the last game of the season between us and Cambridge. It was winner take all. I scored three hat-tricks uh, in a season. I think I'm still the only player to score two hat-tricks in the same season against the same team. So all that from a boy 18 months ago was playing Slough Town to 98-99 season. So all that, it was just like word of over stuff. It was just, it was unbelievable. So no, you talk, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that you, you, you mean you just thought you were going like, to learn your trade. So how did it come about that you started the season, obviously from great pre-season question. friendlies, was it? Great, great question. And to be fair, I'll, I'll, I will allude again, it goes back to Danny Bailey, Marv. So when I was at Slough Town, so Danny Bailey said to me, Lloyd, he, and what happened with Danny, he came, he didn't know me from a bar of soap and we were in a change room and after the session, he came up to me and goes, the same club about you, kid. And I was like, oh, thank you. I didn't even know who he was. I knew he had heard it. And then Brian McDonald told me he's a, he's a legend at Exeter. He was a, ex, a legend at Exeter and he played here, there, everywhere. And he said, the same club about you, kid. He goes, I'm going to look after you. I just, just didn't really didn't really think much of it. During the course of training and season, he was just always talking to me. And he said to me, look, if you want to become a pro, you've got to be ready if that opportunity comes. So I would train, not many people know this, so I would train after a game on a Saturday, after I've had 60, 70, 90 minutes of a game on Saturday, I would drive up to Wolverhampton every Sunday, every Sunday morning, 9, 10 o'clock, and I'd be with Danny. He would train for about six, seven hours. I'd go swimming, bike riding, skill work. He said to me, because you need to, if you ever get that opportunity to become a professional, you need to be at that level where them boys are because they're training every day. Where Slough Town, you only train two nights a week. So we used to try to train with him after, after a game, 
I'd go up to swim. I'd go swimming. And it's so funny, ironic, it's actually quite funny because uh, Danny Bay used to look after all the young boys. So Kieran Richardson, uh, Connie Kazim Richards, uh, a few other young boys who had all done very well. Had Bradley Johnson. At the time, these boys were only like 10. I'm like, I was like, yeah, because they were only like 10, 11. But they were top players at kids. And they used to come and even do a bit of training with us. And they used to even teach me some bits. And uh, I just used to train with Danny. And then come pre-season, I would go to uh, Cyprus with him all the time to do warm weather training. So we're going to mountains, do hills, do underwater swimming. And just to put me and said, just in case if that opportunity ever come, and obviously the opportunity did come. So I knew I was ready to a certain degree. So when Brentford come knocking, I knew I was in a good, I was in a good place physically, especially technically I wasn't, I was never going to be one of the best boys because I've never had that, that I've never had that, that sort of ingrained early doors, but physically and mentally, I knew I, I could, I could deal with it. And obviously from there, Brentford came and then, uh, Ray Lewington, uh, Terry Terry Bullivant and Brian Sparrow, may rest in peace, they used to take me a lot, especially Bully, would take me and a couple of non-league boys after training, just finishing, finishing, finishing. Every day I do like half hour, 45 minutes, when all the boys finishing constantly, like 100 balls, bang, bang, left, right, past the keepers. And it just put me in good stead. And look, the rest, like I said, I ended up scoring 25 goals and the proof was in the pudding from the extra work I put in. Nice. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Oh, go on, Andrew. No, I wasn't say so you're right, Marv. It's it, it's really interesting to see how you hit the ground running, um, especially because if the level is as big as you boys say it is, um, between obviously pro and thing, but then also um, then then to be able to hit the ground running, that's what you need. Yeah, and luckily for myself, that, that happened. So I made my day. I, I started the first game of the season. Uh, I, we won three 0 against Mansfield. I played seventy minutes, did okay. And then the second game, to be fair, then the gaffer put me on the bench. Then we had a cup game against. We had a cup game against West Brom. I was on the bench. Then another game on the bench, and then started. Then we played West Brom again. The cup because it was back in the days. It was two. It was always a two-legged in the league cup. And then I come off the bench and scored my first ever goal. And then from there, just started, 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 started. Yeah. And that, if anything, makes it even more impressive. Like you said, the fitness was there, but it took you five, kind of five, six games to get your first goal. Exactly. And yeah. if you, you almost think, oh, if I'd have hit the ground even properly running, I'd have yeah. been another four or five goals on top of my golden boot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So we're going to pause it there and yeah. we'll have a quick break. And when we come back, we will hear the second part of um, Lloyd's Best 11 and Mars 60 Seconds. So far, we have Galekovic, Anderson, Murty, Powell, and Horidison. We are going to get into the second part of Lloyd's best 11 in a second. I'll hand over to Marv for Marvin. 60 seconds. Okay, Lloydie. Favourite other sport? Athletics. VAR or no VAR? VAR. Golden goal or penalty shootout? Penalty shootout. Best ground you played at? St. James's Park. Favourite holiday destination? Marbella. Bundesliga, La Liga, or Syria for quality? Oh, none. No, I'm not even watching, but I'll have to say, I'll probably say Bundesliga. Um, funniest player? Glenn Little. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. If you wasn't a footballer, what would you have done? DJ or model. If you could change one rule in the game, what would it be? Rule. Uh, oh, mate. Put me on a the spot there. Team you supported as a kid? Liverpool. And last one, Marvel. I'm going to listen to this two. Let me think which one to go for. Let's go for the worst dress player. Worst dress player. Sam Sodji. Didn't even, didn't even pause. He just rolled off his tongue with that. 
I love those ones. Just like bang, which means you have to explain well, why. I mean, we've heard some stories, but why? What's wrong with Sam Soji's dress sense? Couldn't dress. He was just. I don't know what he was. He was just terrible. Just clothes that wouldn't even fit him. Just, just no style. Just had no style. Did he not care, or did he try? And he it tried. just didn't work. He tried. Just didn't work. <laughs> but actually, while we're talking about that, you, you, um, a modeler, you did say about modeling because I know you have done some modeling. How how has that all come about? Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I started. It actually started off in Adelaide. I mean, actually, or oh, actually, or oh, tell like they actually started off in England to a certain degree when I did a company 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 batch of the year two thousand and one. Uh, so I, I did that, and I came joint runner up with uh, a guy called Andrew Cooper. Who's a, he's actually a supermodel now good mate of mine so we actually did that many years ago so I can enjoy that sort of I got a little taste of them but when I actually moved to Adelaide uh there's a there's an area here called Rundle or this was in Adelaide called Rundle Mall so they, they do a fashion show every year and they were looking for some footballers and because I was injured I was able to do it because I wasn't wasn't around my training and anything so I did I did I did that did the catwalk and then after the after the girl who the lady who arranged the the, the, the catwalk stuff she said oh she goes oh Lloyd have you ever done modeling before I said not really because oh, there's a couple of casters outside, who a couple of agents. They're like, oh, who, who's a black guy? Who's a black guy? Blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, next was history. I ended up signing for one of the agencies in Adelaide. And then, uh, yeah, just always progressed. So I've done quite a bit from time to time. TV commercials, a couple of TV series, a couple of films. With ja- I did a film with Jared Butler when I was here. Uh, yes, I've done some bits and bobs. It's been it's been a, been a quite eventful. Great. Awesome, great little kind of... Was it, is it side hustle or is it now a bit more something you want to go into in the future? Yeah, or? yeah no, the more... I mean, I'm 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 more towards the TV commercial stuff when that happens. That's even nice. But I really, I want to still go into the actual presenting as well, in regards to like do the optics and stuff like that. The just the co-commentary and stuff and uh, reviewing games after, which I was actually supposed to do when when obviously when Brentford made the debut in the Premiership. I was about to do the Arsenal Brentford game when it first kicked off. But obviously, COVID struck, so Optus had to cut everything in the studios and ever since I've never really sort of got back into it so something I do need to try and revisit to be fair yeah I, I noticed you got back when you went back over I saw a couple of clips on Soccer AM and yeah. um and, and bits and bobs like that so yeah. that's 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 awesome you're getting in there so you're I won't mention actually I'll hold this question um in case later on we get to it I was going to ask about um you've grown up with a young Matty Leckie um yeah. but I'll okay. but I'll mention that in case he's in case he's in there later. So um, we are go- I'm going to ask about your international career. Um, yeah. um, a number of caps for Ghana. Um, born in England. Is it yeah. Was it mum and or dad? Yeah, or was it further dad. back than that? Well, or? Mum and dad. Obviously, mum and dad did grandparents as well. Yeah, so from Ghana. Yep. So uh, to be fair, one, as a, back in my time, obviously, never really thought about your mother. Back in them in Ghana, wasn't really a, a dominant sort of force. So you didn't really, I never really thought about ever thinking even representing my country I never I, mean, I knew I never paid for England but never even thought about it but then when the opportunity came I thought you know what why not but it was actually weird because I was actually paying for Reading at the time and I remember the secretary she called me she said Lloyd the Ghana FA made an inquiry about you they wanted to come play a friendly game in France uh, next week I was like yeah so it was myself and so myself and Patrick Adjiman, he was at he was at Wimbledon at the time. So they had a friendly game against FC Metz in France, and they wanted us to go. So I said, you know what? Why not? It's an international. Give it a go. So, so weird. So you can imagine London, London to France is a very easy trip to do. Yeah, but back in them days, for some reason, because it was cheaper, yeah. we flew from we flew from Stansted to uh, Germany. Was it yeah to yeah yeah to Germany? And then Germany to France wasn't even nowhere near Met, and then a buck, all because it was cheaper than going direct. Like it was crazy to get to a game, but then it was mad. I must admit, when I'm when I'm when I made that when I made that debut, so this is a time when it was there was a young Michael Essien, Suli Matari, 
Stephen Appear. And I, I know just I never really followed the Ghana players in to a certain I mean I never never really followed him because they, they weren't really at the forefront. Stephen Appear to a certain degree, yes, because he was at Fenerbahce, uh is at Fener, well, I think he was at Juventus at the time. Uh, Asamoah Janis were all young, young, young. They were like much younger than they were like four, four, five years younger than me. But I must admit though, when I got there, I always remember. I was always tell the story. We were doing a keep ball session, and literally, I was in the middle, and I just stopped and started applauding. You could not get the ball off the. It was they were so tech to see it live. To see it live, they were so technically superior than what I've obviously been used to at club level and anything. And my first experience at international, they, they were just they were just unbelievable. And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, paid paid a few minutes for them. Uh, then I think I played a half. Definitely played. No, I came on at half time. I think yeah, played. Yeah, it was it was a nice experience and yeah, great bunch of lads to be fair. And uh, yeah. And then I made another three more caps after that. And that was around. Um, that, that was around when Ghana were just really coming through, yeah, wasn't it? Through, but so 5, 4, made, 05, 06, yeah, so that 05, time. Yeah. It was 05 when I made my debut, and then the 06 was our first ever World Cup, and that was the year when I was flying. So I was flying for Brentford. Got called up. I got called up. Uh, so we Ghana really qualified for the World Cup. So they started having some warm up games, and we had a friendly warm up game against FC Stuttgart in Germany. Flew out there. But when I look back at it, it's sort of not, I don't I've never regret because obviously I'm, I knew I was flying for Brentford, but my coin was always, my coin my was really tight. And I remember we played a game, we had the game against them and I was just trying to impress because I thought like, if I'm playing well, I'm going to get an opportunity to go to World Cup. I always remember Essien played a ball in between the centre half and the right back and me being eager. The ball's going out, but I wanted to be eager to try and get it. And the turf was a bit, you know, had a bit of dew on it and I had my studs and I've gone to, God to try and keep the ball in. And when I look back, I should just let it go out. Out of my eagerness, I've gone and I've slid. And as soon as I've slid, no, my groin was tight. When all I felt was a rip. I was just groin, just buckled, just absolutely gone. And as soon as that happened, obviously, I'm done. I'm done here. So I was gutted. So with that being in mind, I knew there was a potential of me being out of the World Cup squad for contention. I uh, went back to England, went to see the surgeons to see if I could get it done. The surgeon who I saw first said, just rest it, rest it. But when I hindsight again, I should have gone and got the actual operation then I would have had maybe potential to be in contention because I mean the, the coach at the time was like you were doing so well for your club and we're very impressed but yeah I rested rested came back after the six weeks still was the same so now we lost six weeks uh, and then happened it just wasn't right and then ended up having an operation from a different surgeon who I saw after the season finished and then uh, yelled out for 11 months in the end so gutted oh. yeah gutted gutted oh, but, a but a privilege to play yeah um, lucky but, yeah go on and look I went, Ghana. I if you look at it for the positives rather than the, the yeah, final yeah and I went they they sent me they they paid for me to come out to I watched a couple of games in Germany which was really nice of the Ghana FA so that was nice of them you know so it was nice but then you're thinking like where if I'd been there where would my career mm. even have gone then it would you feel like a sliding that that slide on the pitch was almost yeah. like a sliding doors moment yeah it's life but I don't regret nothing no. yeah well we're going to keep going on your midfield where do you want to go left right we'll go, or we'll middle go, we'll go we'll go We'll start with two centre mids. Yep. All right. Two centre mids. The first one, uh, unbelievable player. He came through. He came through the non-league way as well. But he was actually at Wolves as a kid. I think he may have even been a year. He may may have had a year at Wolves potentially. I can't recall. But it's definitely at Wolves as a kid. Uh, got released and went into the non-league world. Uh, played for Hereford and then uh, we we got him on board at Brentford and then he went on to have a really really good career with Watford. QPR, uh, just a great centre midfielder. Technically, I thought from obviously watching him in training every day, probably one of the best I've seen technically. Uh, striker of a ball, uh, battler, winner, leader, courageous. Uh, now he's doing agency. He's doing agency with, with big, big players. Looks after one of the biggest players in the country at the moment, in England, plays for Man City. Uh, what other can I give you? 
Andrew, you got it? I've got a couple of guesses. I mean, I don't, I'm mean, probably going to be wrong, but I just wanted you, rather than me guessing, I just wonder if you knew. Ah, keep you going, Marvin. Keep going. I'm the um, centre midfielder. Yep. Non league. Yep. Brooker. Nope. No. He captained, he captained, he captained Watford and QPR. Uh, used to have, used to have, Used to have dreadlocks, pineapple. Used to have a little pineapple head sometimes. And he got it cut, I think, after he left us. I know. I can't. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Next time round at Brentford. First time. So Yeah, sorry. First time. So he came He came the same time when we all signed from non-league. He came a bit later. So me, myself, Martin Rowlands, Powell, he's all signed already. And then he probably come. What's the other one I had? But it's, Rowlands obviously hasn't got a pineapple on his head. Yeah. He came later on down the track. When you, when you get it, you'll be like, oh, wow. Yeah, top player. Mixed race. I can't think of his name. No, go sure. on, go on, uh, go on. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna yeah. be a, say it. Have him on, man. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, oh, he and he really kicked on, didn't he? He really, really. Top player. Top. Did you see he was going to kick on? Like you said, he came in I a little bit after you boys in the first batch. I think he came in as that top. What a player! What a player! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what I mean when you say what a player for somebody such as myself who never played the game, what what do you see? And this is maybe to both of you. I mean, when you see trialists come in, in your case, Marv, um, and obviously you coming through, and and Lloyd, what, what do you see that says top player when you see him coming in day one or not even day one, half an hour, hour? For me, for me, it's for me when I see a player, when I say a top player, and I think a lot of it comes down is touch, just exquisite, like. It was just different. It was different to others, different to myself. It was just, it was elegant. It was just, the ball would come and just stick. Thick, yeah. and, the way, and the way he struck a ball, the technique, the shape, it was just, just, just like I said, when I, when I saw Essie and them not training, it was just, it was just something different to what you see day in and day out. It was, yeah, just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Would you say the same, Marv? Touch? Would you, would no, you yeah, say touch I mean, is the thing? I mean, touch, I mean, similar to like, it was Brentford, Luton, they're not big, big clubs. So when you're getting players, when you know, like a top, like Lloyd is saying they're top player, I, for, for one, was in the early days was, for me, was we had a striker called Lars Elstra. Right, it was a Danish international. Mm. You know what I mean? And you and you're getting this player come to Luton, right? Obviously, we were in the top flight, yes, granted, but still, when he arrived, it was like we've got we've got this. Like, I mean, why? Why? I mean, he could play for Liverpool. We could. I mean, mm. he was a top. He was in. He won well, the Euros. About, apparently, it's just been released last week that um, Howard Wilkinson chose Elstrup, but Elstrup chose to go Luton, and his second pick was Cantona. Right. I didn't know that. I mean, so, I mean, he 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 was literally like I said, he quick, great touch, great yeah. left foot, could strike mm-hmm. a ball, and this this was a quality quality player. I'm like, I mean, he gave. I mean, he, I mean, he gave Des Walker like a couple of yards and beat Des Walker in a sprint. I remember when we played him at, at the Forest once and mm-hmm. ended up winning. He scored two great goals. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to hear from somebody who who doesn't play the game. That's, that's why I'm always intrigued by what is that. Oh, that's a kind of friend, you know, genocide. Well, what is that that thing? The difference. Yeah. Yeah. So Gavin Marn is in the middle. Who's next to Gavin Marn? This kid came, he came on loan to us. The first day I saw him, I said, You're gonna go all the way. You're going to the top. It was an 18-year-old come on loan from Arsenal, centre midfielder. And I just said to him, his first game, I remember after the game, I said to him, and he had a test to it, he said, you're going all the way. He had everything as an 18 year coming into league, coming into league one at a time. The was Reading, it? wasn't it? No, for Brentford. Oh, for Brentford? From Arsenal. Oh, okay, Andrew. I, mean, I thought it was Sidwell. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. Sid- oh, it's Steve Sidwell, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 But he also ended up at Reading, that's what, yeah. yeah. 
he yeah. signed for Reading, but he came. He was an Arsenal youth player, wasn't he? Arsenal yes. We brought John Griff brought him in yeah. ages of age, and he just bought League One as an eighteen-year-old. And that's especially in them days playing against experienced pros who've been at the game like for years. He's come in and just bossed it. Just lit- sentiment's hard to do that as a kid. Oh, yeah. oh as a kid, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, you can kind of boss forward or full or wing backs, full backs, but centre mid, you can't hide. Can't because Gavin left. So Gavin left to go to Watford. Yep, and then. So Sidney played with, with Paul Evans, our captain at the time in the centre mid top. I can't. You, you just, I just saw everything. Just saw everything. I said, "You're going all the way to. The, you're going all yeah. the way to the top." And he, and he, and he did. Right. Right. Did you see the difference then? When because you linked back up with him a few years later then at Reading, didn't you? Yeah. Did you? Could you? Did he? Or had he progressed what you thought he would? Or did he? Or did it slow down? Or so he, he was just that. Like, he wasn't one of them like most like as a midfield. You know, sometimes finger midfielders. Like he was just a box to box midfielder. Not weren't gifted like so technically like skill and everything. But he just gave you everything that your centre midfielder want at that time in, in our era. Was someone who's going to win tackles, distribute the ball, uh, slide players in, win headers, break up play, and that's what he did. And that's what he did. And and obviously, did he end up at Chelsea? Did he go yeah. to Chelsea for a bit? Chelsea, yeah. big yeah. money. Yeah. So he was actually going to go to. He actually, but I'll tell you a story now. He, I was, I was with him at his house, and he had already arranged to go to Newcastle. Big, big money. Newcastle uh, organized everything. Big money. And then I remember his phone. We were sitting in. I always remember clearly sitting in his living room because we all lived on the same estate. So I was at around his house. His phone rang. Jose Mourinho and uh, he says Steve it's, it's Jose here blah blah I heard that you're going to Newcastle but look I want you to Chelsea ideally he goes I'm, talk- I'm, call- I'm calling you not as a manager I'm calling you as if I was if I was you were my son and prior to that though cops always said to City and especially he always said to City if any of the top four clubs come in for you knowing you're not even going to play you go because reason why cop-, cop said reason being you go to any of the top at that time it, the top four was Liverpool uh, Ch- Liverpool Arsenal, uh, Man United, yeah, United and and Chelsea. And then at that, that time, he goes, any of them come for you, you go. Even if you know you're not going to play, reason being, you'll always get another club. You'll always get another club. I.e. the next, the next tier, the Fulham, the the Villas, the Tottenham's to a certain. You know, you you just will because you've been in that that fourth and that top top club. You, you'll you'll get clubs just come. So he and then I remember Mourinho said and he's like sitting on the phone to me like this. And I was just I'm just like there. Yeah. He said, "Oh, I'm told you as a, as a as a if you're my son, I would tell you to come to Chelsea. We're going to win things. You're going to do this, blah blah blah." So he knew. So for him, it was a no brainer. Although he luckily hasn't signed anything concrete with uh, with uh, Newcastle, but uh, I think that, I think they they probably think they matched his money, gave him a bit more. At, uh, Chelsea and obviously signed a three-year deal, was it? Three or four-year deal, knowing that he wasn't going to play. But he played a few games in the end. He played a few games. And then obviously, like, it's like it's the proof's there. He didn't play much. So he got a next move. Where'd he go next? Went to Aston Villa. You know what I mean? Went to Aston Villa and on and he actually, yeah, got paid up for Chelsea. Happy days, which is fair play to him. Gone to Villa on probably the same amount of money. Did well there again. Then went on to Fulham. Uh, a few others, Stoke Lay went down the track. And yeah, he, he, the kid, the kid had a great career. Great career. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So we've got those boys in there. Now, you you played at a number of different stadiums over time. You mentioned St. James's Park, yep. but you're um, Liverpool boy. You played at Anfield? Never played at Anfield. Yeah, never played at Anfield. Yeah, never got a chance to play any. Obviously, I did would for me, would have been, if anything, would have maybe been a friendly or a cup game. But yeah, never got the chance to play. So obviously, with Newcastle, we played them in the cup. Uh, did really well against them in the Carling Cup back then. We were actually scored the first goal. And then... Uh, and then Shearer scored and then uh, went took a direct extra time. 
took them to extra time. I remember we missed a chance in the 91st minute and then they brought Craig Bellamy on and he was just different grave. He's coming and he scored a hat-trick. We lost 4-1, but you just saw the difference in golf. I mean, they were prim at the time. We were League One. You saw the difference in golf, but it was great. Yeah. You also played at Millennium Stadium as well, didn't you? Yeah, Millennium was good. Played there twice. You know, it was nice. I did. He would have been nice because Wembley was getting rebuilt, so he didn't get a chance to play there, but Lenin was, was good but I would have loved to if it was Wembley would have been less yeah and play at Wembley and kind of obviously being a London uh, slough but yeah. being Luton as well you kind of yeah. it's Luton slough London as such do you know what I mean it's yeah. kind of it's where you still yeah. dream of yeah. so we've got the midfielders central midfielders where are you going left or right I'll go right I'll go right first uh, this guy is just an absolute baller in regards of delivery of the box started off as a kid at Crystal Palace uh, and then just went on to be a legend at, at Burnley, nickname of Blakey. You probably know who I'm all talking about. Uh, just a, yeah, just a, just a top top player. Character too too funny. Uh, delivery. Glenn Little. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glenn Blakey. He's just yeah, different class. Not to the boy. Better delivery of the boy. And he has to be like you said, the funniest guy. It's just so so funny. It's unreal. That is, unreal. I mean, I I didn't even play with him, but got to know him I mean, yeah. through different people when he was at yeah. Burnley and stuff like that. Just a hilarious guy who I've tried tried many a time to get on here. It's just like it's just been so like full full blast. He said, "Marvin, full blast, Marv. I ain't got five minutes for myself, mate." absolute legend absolute legend but what a player by the way yeah baller couldn't run couldn't run because his delivery he could whip it round even if he's deep deep he was still whip it round somehow how he did it It was unbelievable yeah yeah and and play for Palace and went up to Burnley I mean it's quite quite interesting move to go the way out I mean totally different thing totally different area Um, obviously for yourself you, you moved up to Sheffield Wednesday yeah. Um, from all the other clubs are kind of relatively London or or kind yeah. of the south. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting move in itself. It was. Club. Actually, I was actually going to go to. I was actually. Well, I wanted to stay in London because obviously I knew I had spoken to Millwall and I was literally I was literally on the verge of signing for Crystal Palace. Uh, agreed everything sort of to a certain degree with Palace, but no disrespect at the time when I actually went to go and meet him. So I met up with Trevor, it was Trevor France at the time and Simon Jordan was the chairman. Trevor France is for me as a, as me as a player. First impressions count in regards to my manager, my, my gaffer. And he he rocked up in a pair of boardy shorts and some flip-flops to meet me and my advisor. I just thought, you're looking to sign a player, you're coming, you're just rolling like that. I just didn't, didn't really feel that essence. And then when I went to go and see Simon, then we went up to see Simon Jordan. And then he, in front of my agent, there's at the time, he goes, oh, I don't like dealing with agents. And he just put me off. And as much as I wanted to, because I wanted to play there, it was because I knew people like Clinton Morrison there, Hayden, Hayden, Hayden Mullins, I was looking forward to I was like, yeah, it looks on the verge. I thought, you know what? After we left the room, and I thought, that's it to Les. Man, I just didn't get a feel, just didn't like it. As much as I went to, because Palace was obviously Ian White, it's like my idol and stuff. It would have been nice to sort of follow that sort of that treat, that that route. But yeah, I ended up saying, no, nah, you know what? So I spoke to Sheffield Wednesday again. And uh, look, for me, then I thought to myself, you know what? I've been in London all these years now. Why don't I try something different? Come out of my comfort zone. And uh, yeah, went up, spoke to Stoke as well. And then to be fair, the 12th hour, the 11th hour, uh, Sheffield United came in. Neil Warnock actually came in. I already, had, I already had verbally agreed with uh, Terry Yorif and then Neil found out I was signing. He goes, oh, he called me. He said, oh, no, look, we want you to come. Just heard that you could be signing for Wednesday. We love you. I said, you know what? I'm a man of my word. I've already given Terry my... He goes, I respect that. He goes, just make sure you don't score against us. <laughs> Did he do? Did you? <laughs> so, so what happened was, I don't know if you... So what happened was, obviously, I... I after the playoff final with Brentford, we lost to Stoke. I was injured. I was even injured in the get- prior to the game. I, I was injured. But I, didn't, I knew I was going to get a knee operation. Uh, but cops just said, look, we need, obviously, myself had to play because we were the main players. I think, yeah, Martin Rose was even injured. Iger was even injured. But because we all knew, so it was probably going to be our last hooray. 
we had to we all played anyway so signing the inside for Wednesday they knew they knew I had a knee operation uh had it done signed for them and then uh it was weird because I had a dream I had a dream that I was going to make my debut against Sheffield United in the derby and I'm going to score my first touch when I was in my pre my rehab I said to the boys in the gym yeah, I had this dream they're like shut up Louis. that's never going to happen I'm like trust me I just feel like it's going to happen so obviously this was like doing my had the operation in July uh then June July August I was in my prehab and then obviously September the first turnaround and I was had a cup had a game or two for the reserves and then uh Terry said Lloyd I'm looking to put you on the bench of Derby it was nice but uh, I never knew I never knew the Sheffield Derby was so good I saw it on TV a few times but I never really followed it so much like that Derby that different class just unreal how because they even closed because they paid they look back in the days they used to play the game on a Sunday a lot of the times so they, they used to close a part of the city up because it was just because of the hooligans crazy so made, made my debut I was on the bench and then with nil-nil, great game. Both teams back and forth. The crowd at Hillsborough just singing and chanting. And then, yeah, Wusu makes his day, comes on 72nd minute, 50 seconds in, boom, boom, boom. Ball, Shefki Kuchi, headers across the crossbar, comes out to me, bang, header, first touch, without first touch, past Paddy Kenny. And then I run off and then you see me saying to Alan Quinn, what did I effing tell you? What did I effing tell you? <laughs> and everyone just, and then off, yeah, just... So that's why I got my, that's why I got the nickname One Touch of Wusu. So uh, everyone just knows Sheffield. I never ever end up buying a drink ever in Sheffield for my 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 time there. So it was just another Royal of Rovers dream come true. It was phenomenal, phenomenal. And we won the game too then as well. And for uh, and for a club that size as well. I know they're going for the doldrums at the moment, but they're a big club. They're just, yeah, they're just been yeah. relegated. They're just been relegated from the Prem. Yeah. So, so we're coming to get back in, but obviously, unfortunately, we got relegated again. They were just a they were just a massive, oh, massive club, massive ship, massive. It was un- unbelievable. It gave me goosebumps even just being on Hillsborough, obviously because of obviously the tragedy back in back in the day, the Hillsborough disaster. But then just being in that stadium and looking around, that it was just surreal. It was just a surreal moment to be able to say, I actually first, and I scored at the cop end as well. It was a dream come true. Awesome, awesome. So you got Glenny Little yep. on the right, the Joker. Yeah. Um, who's on the left? The left side is. I've just I just quickly looked at all the clubs that I played at, and I was thinking, who's really a left side a natural player? I there wasn't many, but then I thought this guy very underrated. Another one came from Crystal Palace youth, Irish international, uh, one of the fittest guys I've ever played with. He he ended up setting me up a lot of times on that dangerous left foot he had in the end. Uh, he ended up moving from Brentford to Reading. Yep. Reading. Yep. Yeah. Is it? Um. Oh, my small guy, me. Yeah, small guy, and then Jay yeah. Tab. Oh no, I knew I knew you were say Tabby first. No, it wasn't Tab. No, yeah, but he was God. at Palace as well. Yeah, pa- no, it wasn't Jay Tab. So he uh, did he go after that West Brom? No, he ended up going to <gasps> after after Reading. He got a good move to Hull. Hull, and put it this way, he was a player. So at Brentford, I mean at Reading, he, he the year that they got promoted, he didn't even play any games. But when they went in the Prem, he played every game, and he and he injured Peter Check. If you remember, that's another clue. Oh. And he's got a brother who's managing now in the championship. He's actually, he's actually managing at his former club, the championship. Irish international. Irish international. Yeah, left footed. Is he? Little, he was still little as well. He was small as well. I can't get Chris Brunt out of my head. I've got you, um, I've got you, I've got you again, didn't I? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not giving up on this one. I've got you. I'll give, I'll give you major clues as well. I've given you major clues. And he ended up at Hull. Oh! No. Ended up at Hull. And then even Hull and I think he was think. And he was at Brentford with you. Yeah. Brentford with me. Came from Palace, went to Brentford after then went to Reading, then went to Hull. Oh, I got him now. Um black hair, curly, like the Yep. yep. Oh Hunt, Stephen Hunt. Yeah. Stephen Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Got it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Brilliant. 
really a Stephen Hunt and Glenn Little are a very they're not weird, they're not the nippiest combination on the wing, but they can down they can put a ball in. Put a ball. To be fair, Hunt was a little terrier. He was a little terrier. Yeah. Get up and down that wing. He was yeah, little terrier. He could put a delivery in a wall. Could he put a ball in? Yeah. All right. Now 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 you know that's that's a really balanced midfield, like you said. You got yeah. Gavin Mann as a bit of a even stereotype, I suppose, kind of a bit of a playmaker in there. Yep. You've got um, Sidwell, like you said, box-to-box, and you've got two absolute deliverers, not out-and-out wingers. I mean, you're not playing kind of back in that area, kind of like Giggsy and Damien yeah, Duff yeah, and yeah, people yeah, like that. Yeah. They're not out-and-out wingers-wingers, but, yeah, they know what to do with the ball. Yeah, for sure, sure. Excellent. Awesome. So we'll move on to strikers then. Okay. So I guess I'm picking one in it because am I in the eleven myself or not? Or you can be, you can you be. Choose. You choose if you put yourself in. Or so it's your team. You want to not yeah, put yourself I've got, in. I've got to put myself in, and reason why because the striker that I played with, I've always played with little and large in my career, but this guy came from Blackburn on loan to us, and he wasn't little and large. He was two big boys and for a boy of this caliber of his touch such a big boy it was unbelievable we uh combined and scored i think 45 goals together in that season my my first spell at Brentford the last se- the last season before i left just yeah northerner came from blackburn on loan went on to have quite a good career again after pretty injury prone but uh he did well works in the media now uh, I think he even does a bit of teaching now as well. Uh, went on to... He went on to Hull as well, I think. Yeah, I think he went on to Hull and someone else up there. Blackburn. Came from Blackburn. Came from Blackburn. Well, Blackburn came... player I can think of you play with Shefki Kuchi as well. Shefki was there, weren't he? But, uh, Shefki, not Wednesday. But yeah, he came from Blackburn. Came, I think he even came through the youth. Maybe came through. Yeah, I think he came from the youth. He, he had a little stint. In, he even had a little stint in Australia as a kid in the old NSL. Then in Blackburn. Came to Brentford on loan. Then he went to... Hull went back, obviously went, probably went back to Blackburn after his loans finished. Then he went to Hull and left-footed clinical finisher for, like I said, for a touch, for a big boy, bigger than, and he's bigger than he's even actually, couldn't run though, would never, wouldn't, wouldn't run, he wouldn't need to run because the touch was so good he could hold up playing and bring others into play. But yeah, it's any, it's any clues I can think of, to be fair. Yeah, left-footed. This might sound, this might sound random, but like, did he is he? Does he have red hair? Or does he have red hair? Is he ginger? No. You're probably thinking of Kitson. You're probably thinking of Dave Kitson. Kitson, you're going. Yeah. So, yeah. Northern Ireland, left-footed. Came from Blackburn. Uh, knew where the back of the net was. He's in a team. He does a lot of radio stuff up north now. And this is... And this is... You you two school goals at Brentford. Yes. Yeah. My last... My last... My last... My last spell of my first... The last year of my first spell there. Yeah. It's not Andy Scott then, because Andy Scott was at the start. Andy Scott was at the start. The only one I can think of forward is Ryan Peters. No, nah, that's young. Isn't he? No, no, he's done it again. Right on. Big Ben Burgess. Burgess. Yeah, he's, is he still playing? No, nah, nah, he's just he's doing a media and teaching journalism stuff. Big Ben Burgess. Do you, do you know what I really love about your your eleven? Is what you've done is you've gone full on players that you haven't gone superstar names. Mm, and that's yeah, it's and, and that's what makes a team. A team. Um, so often, I think this is what's done Marv and I. So often, a lot of the guests and stuff, what they do is they go for the big, they go for a few of the big names. You do agree, Marv? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you read out lists on here, like Marcus Gale, Coochie, Gerald Seabon, yeah. Efna Koku, um, even Kerr Bulls, uh, Clive Weinhard. Um, do you know what I mean? Those type of people up front. Um, yeah. And that's where I was even going down the route of, are you going to go Asimo Jayan? And so, but the team... What I really like is around your pictures. It's like I said, it's a team. And that's what it does. It, it will function really, really well. You've got 11 players, not 11 individuals, if you know what I mean. That, was that what you were going for? That's what I was going for. Just guys who, that I guess in a way when I look at it, 
they all helped me in my career to progress. You know, all them, I'd probably say all them 10 other players helped me progress as a player as well. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. All right, awesome. No, so actually, you, put, you, you put Ben Burgess up front. Why do you think he worked well with you? Is the big guy, is that what helped you when he lays some off or flick them on or what? No, I don't know. It's weird. Like I said, Andrew, like I've always played with little and large, like Scott Partridge, DJ Campbell, Isaiah Rankin, like little sharp nippy players. But for some reason, we just had such a synergy together, me and Ben. Soon the first day he came to the training ground, we just got along so well. And we just bounced off each other and just, yeah, we just used to work off each other in training. And I, sometimes I watch a lot of my our highlights on YouTube. There's so much link up play that me and him set each other up. And yeah, it just, it just worked well. So Cops found that little gem and yeah, he, he came in and did well for us. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So, Marvin, over to you. Yeah, I mean, before we go into that, Andrew, that question, I want to just, like, let Lloyd talk a little bit about, obviously, there is a connection. I did play for the beloved Luton, you being a Luton fan, Andrew and me being an ex-player. So, Lloyd, how did that come about, the Luton and, and, you know I mean, your your time and stuff? Uh, So, look, you know what, I'd left, I just got paid up from Adelaide because, obviously, I had a long, I had a year out with money injury. 2010 was a long was a long time uh, so I was out for yeah 11 months uh, and then look I still had another year half a year left of my contract in Adelaide but I said you know what they might as well pay me up because I'm not going to be playing the rest of the season so uh, I said yeah let me come back to England so I flew back I always remember the same day I flew back actually same day the same day I landed I played for Luton right yeah so I I was talking on my way prior to coming there was a few clubs talking uh, I had Port Vale I had a few league League two teams and a couple of gin and them league one at the time, but financially worked out. And obviously, at the end, I was getting older, so you need to sort of look out for the back pocket as well. Uh, Luton were going, had a good project going on, and uh, yeah, they they I ended up signing signing for Luton. They, the contract come through at the other end when I was landing at the airport, signed it, and they tried to get the paper because they knew when I was landing. So I landed in the morning of whatever day it was, Tuesday night it was, Tuesday or Tuesday day I landed, and then they had to try and get the international clearance because they, they had a game against York. So I hadn't even met the boys. I hadn't even met the boys. I literally landed and I knew I was, I was fit to play because I've been coming back from my rehab. I was coming back. I was fit to play and I met up with Richard Money straight away uh, at the ground. He goes, yeah, you're going to be starting. Didn't know none of the boys, nothing. Went on to, I think we played York, scored, I think we won 5-0, I think it was. Scored on my debut and uh, it was just beautiful, great stuff. It's like nice. It was a great synergy there, great bunch of lads. Uh, and then, yeah, Richard Money took care of me, did well. And then all of a sudden, unfortunately, you probably know, he got the, he got the sack when and he was, he was actually, even then he had the, the best percentage win record as a Luton manager in history still. And I was like thinking, hold on, why is he, has he got sacked? We're still flying high. We were, we were still in the FA Trophy. We were flying high in the league. And cut a long story short, I heard through the grapevine that uh, Gary, Gary, is it Gary Brabham? Yeah, unfortunately, a bit of backstabbing, which was a bit of a, which was a bit of a horrible thing to do, to be fair. And then I had already scored, I think I must have already scored by that time, four and eight or something, because I was still flying. Uh, no, probably a bit higher than that, four and eight, because no. No, I thought it was higher than that. I mean, no, I was time. looking at it. It was about it was nine like and 15 like, or something. I scored, I, scored, I scored seven and 14 in total. Yeah. What yeah. That's what happened. Well, yeah, sorry. I'd scored seven. By this time, I probably had scored, when the gaffer got sacked, I think I'd scored five and 10 or something. Then he got sacked, or even might have been a bit higher. So no, he's, he gets sacked now, and then Gary Bradford pulls me in, and obviously, mind you, I'm a senior pro now. I'm a senior pro. He pulls me and says, oh, oh, I don't know whether I think you need a bit of rest. I'm thinking, rest? Yeah, I think you know, you're a bit older. So I said, Gaffer, what are you talking about? I'm like, 
I'm scoring for fun. Like, why do I need rest for when I'm, I'm on fire? He says, yeah, I'm just going to give you a week off. I'm like, what? So yeah, a week off anyway. Come back in the following week after still feeling still feeling good. And then uh, he's, he's not playing me. I'm like, so what are you not playing me for? He said, oh, I just feel like you're a bit older now. And I'm like talking BS now. Like, I'm, I'm scoring. I've scored five and 10 or whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. So then he, he can't play. Then I got on the bench a couple of games, scored again. Uh, and then that was it. And so now we've made it to the playoff final now. So sorry, sorry. I, then I scored in the... Then I scored in the FA Trophy. I scored in the FA Trophy to get us to the semi-final, wherever it was. And then we made it to the playoff finals now. So then, mind you now, playoff final. Now, now I've scored 7 and 14, so I'm flying. Everyone knows who's scoring goals for fun. And then, uh, do you, and then remember, uh, what was his name? The striker. Walker. Uh, Crow. Oh, Dean Crow. Yeah, Dean Crow. Was it Dean Crow? Yeah, yeah. Crow. So Crow had been injured for months, right? He had been injured for months. So now we're preparing to go and play AFC Wimbledon up at up at Manchester's ground, Man City's ground. And then everyone's training. So the whole squad now. So now everyone's few boys are coming out of injuries. Crowe just came to train just to just to be part of the experience because we took a 20-man squad up there anyway. So you know, done the training, drove up there on the buses, happy days, everyone's having a good time. Gaff hasn't named the squad. Obviously we get we get to man get to Man City ground. We'll go and have a look around the pitch. He still hasn't named the squad. So just, I, d- I don't know whether it just happened, just I don't know how it happened, but it just happened this way. We got on the pitch, everyone looked at the pitch, everyone started walking in. For some reason, I don't know why I was last, but I was last to walk in. But I had a gaffer stand at the at, at the tunnel. And I'm thinking, why is he at the tunnel for like? And I said to myself in my head, I said, please, I'm saying to myself, he's gonna say something. So he's called me, he goes, Oh look, just over here. Before he even said anything, right? I had an inkling. I'm not gonna be a I'm not gonna be involved. But I'm thinking, I'm met mind you, I'm on fire here. Yeah. You're not gonna be involved. I'm thinking in my head. I just thought, oh man, he's gonna say something to me. He says, Oh Lloyd, he goes, Look, I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not gonna involve, I'm not gonna involve you. So I'm thinking, okay, you're not gonna involve me. At least I'm gonna be on the bench. He says, Oh, I'm gonna go for something different today on the bench. I went, pardon. I said, What? So you're saying I'm not playing? He says, no, no. I said, mate, I said, allow and I literally sort of swung my arm at him and said, no, nah, fuck this, excuse my language. And I just went, walked into the change room. And he, but prior to me, when I get, he goes, prior to it, he goes, well, I'm going to involve Crowey. I went, Crowey, who hasn't even been involved. So then I've stormed into the change room and all the boys are sitting down next to their shirts and they've all looked at me, everyone's seeing me, like, now I'm angry, my face, I've sat down. And Gaffer goes, yeah, boys, starting 11. Everyone says, and he goes, and then when he said the subs, and even Crowey was like, what? I've been, I've even trained. I just trained last night with the boys. I've been out for three months with his knee or ankle, it was. He could believe it. He goes, because he told me he needs to go with something different on the bench. So, anyway, mind you now, AFC Wimbledon have made, I found out after that they had done their team structure thinking I'm playing, right? Because they knew I was on fire. When they found out I wasn't playing, they were rubbing their lips, they're rubbing their hands. And then got to the ground. So, I've gone outside with the rest of the subs who weren't or players who weren't involved, sitting in the dugout. All the, all the Luton fans are walking in thinking, who's not even involved? And then you, look, you looked on Twitter, starts going, starts tweeting, everything starts, everyone's, everyone's not involved. Everyone couldn't believe it. Everyone could be it. And what was even, what even done my head in even worse, Crowe was supposed to be something different. He didn't even play him. Didn't even bring him on. And then we lost on penalties. Man, I know for a fact, if I played that game, we, we, we would have got promoted to the league too serious, but it's his fault, man. So, <laughs> I don't care. I, I know this, mate. I've got, I've got respect for him. Say, you should say how you really feel. Yeah, I'll be honest, I've got no respect for him. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, mate, sorry. <laughs> That's yeah, I can't believe it. After all I've done, seven goals in 14 games, flying. And he told me that I need to be rested. And then you tell me I'm not even involved in a squad. And and I and and I was on fire. Like just something else, something else has happened. Something yeah. else has so it must be another he must there must be something in his head that caused that decision. Like I'm thinking like what? Because I'm no, 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 I agree. I, I, it doesn't make sense, but there must have been. So he just was he was he threatened by me or I don't know. Just he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yo, lads. So 
Yeah. I just don't understand why he didn't play me when I was on fire. No. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was surprised. Everyone. But I thank you for your time at Luton. I still remember doing the yeah, raise the roof, raise the roof, loose, wusu, wusu up at. Yep. <laughs> I still remember right. doing it behind when you scored that goal, and I was there when you scored the goal against York. Yeah, everyone, everywhere I went, raised that roof. So yeah, great time, great time there, a great time there, great bunch of lads. But then that that was just the, the sad part of it, you know. Oh, but listen, we got a couple of questions. So which manager is going to lead this eleven for you? Which yeah, manager is going to lead this 11 for you? I probably got two, but he probably just edges to a certain degree. I was Martin Allen was a great guy, just the way his manner was different. But for me, all-round manager, too much respect for was, I would say, Steve Koppel. Reason being, Steve was great man-manager, very methodical, and he was doing video analysis back in the day when people went, I mean, when I was at Brentford, doing, he used to go home, chop up videos. This is when we use VH, VHSs. He would chop up the videos and we'd watch on a Friday prior to leaving to play whoever we were playing. The strengths and weaknesses of the other team. And he was just brilliant. The calm, collected kind of guy. Sonified coolness. It's a lovely gentleman and just a great manager. Yeah, love him to bits. Brilliant. See, these days, he's kind of almost... Uh, I know you kind of can, but it seems like he's almost fallen out, out of the game, in yes. a way. Not for any particular reason. Yeah, I mean, Cobbs is doing his own thing. Like, a lot of people, he's a very reserved guy. Maybe he just keeps himself to himself, loves mm. his golf. I think last time I did speak to him a couple of probably well, last time I probably spoke, well, I spoke to him, like, when I speak to him a couple of months back, two, three months, probably just text him, hey, being gaffer. And his son, his son was in New, he was in New Zealand. He was even in New Zealand for a bit, traveling New Zealand. And uh, yeah, he's just back playing golf. He was, lives in like south south of london like that way catering that way and yeah just enjoying, enjoying life, life. Yeah. <laughs> still think he goes he goes from games from time to time i heard he's been at brentford games in the past i guess he maybe pops into palace probably watches them sometimes maybe but yeah just a great guy all-round great guy yeah excellent and just for those like those teams you you play for like, just like go over like what you're doing now since you've sort of like stop playing and, and yeah. i mean i know you're the same side of the the um atmosphere as andrew but let's allude to everybody the what where you are yeah so obviously here in sydney uh i was still even playing up to like a good level like the conference level up to up to 2017 until i ruptured my hip flexor uh, but funny enough i actually just signed now for over 45s a local team in the in the top like it's like the top sort of local comp team for over 45s i've had five four games scored five already so i still still know where the back end that is uh but yeah i've again alluded to like you said before i've done a bit of acting and modeling but my main my main bread and butter is uh i work at one of the top private schools in the country called cranbrook an, an elite boys private school where i'm a i'm a discipline master now and first 11 head coach so uh my bulk of my gym my bulk of my my work is my general duty master doing the discipline so i work alongside the director of students and the house masters where i enforce the the appearance of the, the boys the detention investigations if anything happens around the school i'm just really that sort of middleman between the boys and the teachers because these boys are these these boys are super these like i'm talking creme de la creme this is like Wealth of wealth. So we're, we're the equivalent of like Eton in England. Like it's right. like creme de la creme, like soup, like the Packer families and like Russell Crowe's kids was there last year. Russell Crowe, people like Nicole Kidman, that kind of ilk of, of, of people. Uh, so uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. I give the boys a sense of reality because like you say, these boys are enabled to, to a certain degree because of this, because of the wealth that they've got. They think that they're self-entitled, but the headmaster saw me when I came there as a casual coach. He just saw how I was around the way with the boys, how they, sort of interacted with me. So they offered me, they created this sort of role as this sort of middleman between the boys and the teacher. It's been a breath of fresh air. I've been there six years now. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. So it's, it's really rewarding. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's great to hear you're still into the football and still yeah. still playing the soccer, as they call it down here. Um, <laughs> but great to see, great to see. Um, 
And I want to say on behalf of myself, Marv, fans of a number of teams, I know Brentford is still 100% in your heart. It's kind of like the, the Luton for us. Um, so I want to say thanks on Brentford, um, on behalf of Brentford fans. But that was Lloyd Wooster's My Best 11. Thank you, Lloyd. Yeah.